1: what's good ll nation the anora boys are in the building lucky lefty podcast i'm your boy sean davis at sd2 mics that dude right there the original lucky lefty himself malik zaire we are brought to you by anora whiskey anora it is that premium American Whiskey, honorawhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do it
2: responsibly.
1: You got to do it responsibly. Don't forget Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Smash on that like button. Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. All of your great content for CFB Nation, State of Recruiting. John Garcia, Jr., and all of our great shows. We gave you two shows yesterday in one because we truly spin it different.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Today, we're going to discuss Marcus Freeman, one year later, what have we seen from the head coach? We'll hear what he said a year later and the way he spoke, and then we'll compare it to how he spoke after the bowl game this year. Some interesting things we might be able to pick up on, Left. Then we're going to talk about the unsung heroes, the unsung heroes of the 2022 Notre Dame football season. Should be a pretty interesting conversation. And then, Virginia Tech transfer wide receiver. Now, Notre Dame wide receiver, Caleb Smith, joins us at the top of the second half of the show. I'm excited, Left. Anytime you talk to a Virginia boy, uh, you know, because Virginia gives you diff- different vibes, Left, depending on pump, you know, where you come from in Virginia. Interesting in hearing, you know, because he's in between... Uh, two major cities in a county where he grew up. And I'm interested in knowing what the vibe was growing up in this county. We'll talk about it with the Virginia boy, Caleb Smith, coming up shortly. Unsung Heroes in a nine and four season left. Who stood out for you as an unsung hero? I think the second half
2: of the season. You get a guy like Brayden Lindsay, who had high expectations going into the season with Chancey Stuckey being the new coach, him feeling finally comfortable in his skill set, his ability chasing his last year, didn't start off fast, but loved the second half of mm-hmm. the season that Brayden Lindsay had, capped off the ball game with a touchdown, had a, made a sports center top 10 with the number one play not just in the top 10, made it with the number one against a game where it was kind of tight versus Navy, and we needed a score of that magnitude to seal the deal. Yeah. Uh, commend him on a lot of things that he did, even at the end of the season in the bowl game, getting open on that slant. We saw the release package. We saw him get better and evolve, and in and, and my opinion, you know, hit the hit the ceiling on his, his ability and his career, that he wrapped up at Notre Dame and it was good to see. So uh, unsung hero because we had a lot of uh, laughs early in the season and before the season with uh you know his trajectory of where he was going and his what was gonna help, you know, have help him have a great season in the quarterback play. But overall, I think he did help this team win uh in some clutch moments, made some big plays and some unsung plays. Uh, that he made that, you know, we'll give credit to him here, you know, especially if he doesn't uh, necessarily get it on the main stage.
1: He definitely has some clutch plays in that Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, and you love to see him go out the way he did, you know, and mm-hmm. be true example, a true example of four for 40 for Notre Dame. Like, he should be the poster boy in 2022 For Notre Dame football with that bowl game, the way he was able to go out on the field and then to easily transition into corporate America immediately. Like, that's beautiful. And a young man that we knew, you know, it would be questionable whether or not he would have a draftable grade just because of the lack of production, you know, inconsistency at the quarterback uh, position uh, this year because he was he was able to do that all year left.
0: Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he was open all year. You know, his numbers should have been much better, extremely better. And, you know, I really love seeing a senior that's put in a lot of work for the program being able to uh go out like that and to step away on his own merit and show success because he's a Notre Dame man. You know, that network, that education is worth something. Definitely, I, I think. And, go ahead, left. I'm sorry.
2: And you know, like you said, it's good to see the the track. He got able. He was able to get in there early. Made some splashes. Made him a sort of a household name. Uh, I remember him from that reverse that he had versus USC for the touchdown. It's when he kind of came on scene. From man, we got some speed at the position mm-hmm. which we haven't seen in a while. Put me on radar for Braylands when he was 25. I mean, he went to zero these last couple of years, but. You know, it's just it's, it's, it's something that Marcus Freeman can reflect on, on having different type of guys that come through Notre Dame. You got your guys that come through out of your three and out, like potential Ben Morrison. You got your guys that stay all five and have a successful career at Notre Dame and end up choosing not to go to the league, and and it was okay, like a brain Lindsey or a guy that, you know, you have everything in between. So not everything at Notre Dame has to be, you come here, we're going to grow, you develop, you go to the league. It can be grow, you develop, you have a great career, and you have options. And I think Brain Lindsey is a great example of that and something that recruits can look towards is not being a bad thing either. I'm going to
1: – it's, you know, what's so funny, man. I actually was up late last night. Why? I have no clue. And um, the replay of the uh, Gator Bowl came on. So I'm like, all right, let me, you know, entertain myself here. And when caught the quick slant on a key third down in the fourth quarter, I said to myself, man, people have been playing off of Brayden Lindsey a long time. Why in the world wasn't he able to do this before? And then I said to myself, oh, that's right. This is why. Yeah, Coach Stock, he's been great. I mean, uh, from a tactical standpoint, I, I feel you know much more developed. Um, there's a lot of plays that. You know, it seemed a lot more difficult in the past. It
0: just make a lot more sense now in understanding defenses and how I should run a route and when, it, when I should and should not use my speed and things of that sort. It's um, oh, yeah. you
1: know, been a tremendous help. Yeah. It's just the whole culture of the room seems very bought into you know, what he's brought. Um, and it's, it's paid off. I mean, although low in numbers, I can't, I can't remember a camp uh, where you felt this dominant at receiver. I know for myself, I've never played this well, um, and I credit a lot of that to the, you know, the coaches. Um, And you know, to be selfish myself, just I think this offseason buying in, you know, even more than I had in the past, and really just kind of laying it all out for you know one last year. This man was saying he basically had never been coached at the position, bro.
2: Exactly. That was. That's why he's an so unsung hero to the very end. <laughs> Till I really got some coaching, where I actually knew what I was doing, and it made sense, and it clicked for me. It's a very, very powerful statement that was unsung during the season, and how much more Marcus Freeman added in just one half of an off season. He added coaches. That can yeah. go.
1: What a novelty, huh? What a novelty. Imagine
2: that. <laughs> he added coaches that can coach. And the players himself that's been there for the longest, he said, I finally know mm. what to do. Now, just imagine all the players outside of Brayden Lindsey during his time that was out there playing off of pure talent. You got to credit recruiting in some ways. But at the same time, the imagine where we could have went if we knew what we were doing. Look at it. If we just knew what we were doing, we could have been probably undefeated every year. So if he didn't know what he was doing, I know Kane Madden didn't know what he was doing. I know that Kevin Austin didn't know what he was doing. Avery Davis, at least tried, got on YouTube. <laughs> and even him didn't
1: know what he was doing. Dude, I feel like the previous coach was treating the wide receiver room like that cat Rico was talking to Ace after he got shot and in full. You'll be all right. Yeah,
2: you'll
1: be all right. Cats shot every day, B.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> you be running routes every day. It's just, you know, it's what you do, you receive. Right?
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> like, don't worry. We don't have to do nothing extra, B. Nah, you don't need no coaching. Just go out there and run. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Another unsung hero. For me, Xavier Watts left. Let me tell you why. Notre Dame suffers injuries in fall camp. Avery Davis goes down with the ACL. That's your main slot guy. That's That's your leader in the room. Then Tobias Merriweather. Is having issues. Deion Cozy is having issues with his hamstring. Numbers are depleted in an already depleted and thin wide receiver room. Xavier Watts, who was recruited to Notre Dame as a wide receiver and was moved halfway through his freshman year to safety, had a talk with the staff, and they actually moved him to the wide receiver room. This is just weeks prior to the Ohio State game. I'm sitting there watching practice and they're doing one on ones and scrimmaging. And Xavier Watts is making plays all day. It didn't matter who was sticking him. Second string DB, first string DB. He's going up over the top of cats, snagging balls, catching cats come, you know, catching balls come across the field, making plays after the catch, balling, balling. And you're saying to yourself, Okay. Man. He's a playmaker. We might need to get him the ball. Little did we know, in the background, he was telling coaches, "Look, I'll do it for the team, but I really don't want to play wide receiver. Like I'm in love, I'm in love with safety. That's what I want to play. But if you want me to go play wide receiver, I'll do it for the squad." Coaches sit down; they have a conversation, and literally days later, they make the decision. You know what? Let him play safety because he's becoming really good at it. And we started to see as the season came, you know, the season developed and it got into the late part of the season. Yo, this guy Xavier Watts keeps making plays. Yeah. And I'm watching the Gator Bowl last night, and I'm like, Yo, no, this guy Xavier Watts is always in the right spot. He's there. He's making plays on the ball. And this yes, is, really, he is.
2: He yes. is plays.
1: and this is really his first season of being able to play. So now give him a full offseason with that experience. Like I think he's really an unsung hero. And I really don't think, think people understand what he went through in fall camp. And he's really come on to be one of the bright spots of the season. And one of the things you can point to in the future to say, you know what, that could be a championship piece right there for Notre Dame.
2: Absolutely. To be able to show versatility, selflessness, and then be able to still stay competitive and then evolve wherever the, the, the coaches are putting you, it shows that you'll be a key piece and a value. To a team, because not only do you have value in the depth that you can add in multiple positions, but you can play special teams, and then your aggressiveness along with your size. Because any like six foot, he's, he's a tall guy. Yeah, he's not no uh, no little, no little statured or little frame type of individual. That guy's he's he's stringly big, you know. So for him to be a threat and a value and an impact player. And, and a two, three-way player from a position-wise, man, you're getting a lot of uh, versatility and, and, and dynamic uh, ability and athleticism under that defense that you can do a lot with. You can play him in man, you can put him in coverage, You can. he has the yeah. ball skills of a receiver, uh, he has the understanding of route concepts because he played offense, and he's also aggressive enough to make plays in the box in the run game and also at, at safety. So being able to uh, do his thing in multiple facets is another example of what we're recruiting at Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman. A lot of two-way guys like Brandon Hillman who can play a similar role where late in the season, certain guys go down, we can plug plug these guys in, and move them around, move some things around, and not miss a beat. And uh, that's going to be not only – what was unsung because he became more of a household name later in this season, but for what it's going to look like in the future and him becoming a future star in that secondary.
1: Lucky Lefty Podcast. Talking unsung heroes right here. Sean Davis, Malik Zaire. Zeke Carell, and I'll let you roll on this one. The importance of the center to that offensive line and to the quarterback. I worked with a guy, John Yerkovich, for years At my former employee. And he always told me, Sean, the closer you get to the ball, the more intelligent the guys have to be. I said, wow. I never really heard football spoken about like that. And he's saying, I'm not saying other guys aren't intelligent, but in order to play certain positions closer to the ball, you have to have a guy that knows the game, that knows what he's doing in order for things to go smoothly. And I said, wow, all right. And every time you talk to a defensive player, you hear them talk about the technician that Zeke Carell has become and how great he is as leveraging and how he's hard to move And that really wasn't what we heard about Zeke last year. We had Zeke questions about Zeke coming into the offseason and going into this season. And with a tough first game, you talk about somebody unsung that quietly came on and by the end of the season was one of the rocks besides the two Star Wars that we have on the outside at both tackle positions. Zeke Corral, for me, was an unsung hero. 100%.
2: One hundred percent. You look at Z Corell like the support beam in a house. You know, it's the unsung thing that's holding everything together. You know, you may have nice paneling and roof and some windows and doors. Look all fancy. You may have acrylic, you know, glass stained windows like the church. But that support beam is what holds it all together. And Z Corell being a foundational piece in that in that middle providing some semblance of a pocket every time for a guy like Drew Pine to literally stand still in a, in a majority of games because the center of the pocket was good, just shows how much Zeke Corral came on as a technician. It's, that, it's also that level of comfort knowing center center's going to be able to settle guys in the line because he sees the most on both sides. And he's also sometimes, in some cases, making checks for protection And a guy knowing what he's doing is definitely a comfort because, you know, the snaps going to be there, which is where it starts. And when you know you get consistent snaps and no matter what weather or terrain or what's going on, you know, your technique, your technique is great. A guy that is a very unsung hero, played a lot of football at Notre Dame. But I thought even though he was the smallest of the linemen, was one of the the had had the most technique and the most impactful was Sam Mustafer, who's also playing right now in Chicago and doing a good job. Don't,
1: don't, don't mention Sam to the Bears fans, bro. Uh, we we're trying to. I don't want to start a riot in the chat. Just, just stick to him at Notre Dame. Don't mention. But at him Notre Dame,
2: Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame unsung hero played four years, a captain, really good dude, um, and was able to. Uh, be productive but him having the knowledge of having the, uh, the offense under his belt for that many years I mean he was a part of that undefeated season when they went to the playoffs so it shows how much a great center with experience can add to a team maybe not Chicago who was your center I had Sam and Nick Martin you
1: had uh, both of those guys Those
2: two pretty good centers I always,
1: man, it's a weird relationship between center and quarterback, right? Like, I always feel like that's the easiest relationship. You know how you can have somebody that is easy to, like, say what you need to say to them, and it goes both ways? Like, dude, yeah. what's up with that snap? Like, you screwed up on a, a snap count. <laughs> just going back and forth. That's just part of football. It's like a love, brotherly love type relationship best friend type relationship like all right man get it together lucky lefty podcast unsung heroes we'll leave this up to you ll nation it's our ll question of the day was drew pine an unsung hero in 2022 we discussed it we went back and forth over it we're gonna let you guys decide was drew pine an unsung hero in 2022 I'm um, interested in seeing what people ask. Is to there play. a game
2: where Drew Pine, if we didn't have him, we would have lost terribly? Like if he just didn't play, is there a game we would have lost without Drew Pine? Mm. Like if we didn't have Drew Pine in this game, we would have it would have been over. Mm. I don't think so. I think that every game that Drew Pine played was a game that we could have won because we were the better team. If Drew Pine was the reason why we beat USC, then I can, okay, I can look at that and be like, okay. But no, I mean, I think we would have went the same record with the quarterbacks that we had in the room outside of Tyler anyway. Maybe not Ron Paulus, but I don't because I have no idea what he looks like. On the field
1: either. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. You had someone else that you felt like was specifically in the second half left that was kind of an unsung hero, don't you?
2: Uh, who did I say? Uh, I said Brie Lindsay. Lindsey.
1: Um, Your boy, twenty seven.
2: Uh, oh, why am I drawing a blank?
1: He doesn't even know who he had on his list.
2: I know <laughs> who that JD I mean? Bertrand, man. Yes, oh my gosh, I was drawing. I drawing? Yes, I said JD Bertrand after the, at the second half of the season was around the football a lot more. I think he was a good centerpiece of communication for some of those younger guys who were filtering in towards the end of the season, especially the bowl game. I've always thought that he took on. The challenge of getting better from that last bowl game and to have a better bowl game the second time around than the first time after giving that speech. Definitely unsung hero because he was able to stick it out with through the criticisms. You know, when teams are singling him out and running one on one with the running back to him being a good valuable piece to and a nice transition piece for younger guys to come into the system to learn and play well off of him. He may not be the star linebacker, star player, but, you know, you you should definitely have a J.D. train on your team in some aspect.
1: Now, this is going to get interesting because I feel like in some way, form, or fashion, a lot of people didn't recognize this guy when he was hired. Very quiet hire, came over from Cincinnati. But Brian Mason has to be considered. An unsung hero.
2: That wouldn't be unsung. No, wouldn't no, 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 no one. You
1: didn't. Uh, you didn't expect Notre Dame special teams to do that, bro. Come on, man. No, no, well, he
2: was getting. I'm just saying, he was getting credit throughout the season, though. Once like, they started, once they got to like block number four or five. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, even with that, we were still blocking it. SC gave us gave Brian Mason a ton of credit. The, the man, a ton of respect.
1: They didn't even want to bring that unit don't. on the field. I was like, you know what? we gonna pooch so you
2: not unsung if that happened. They was like we are not keeping any chances. Man, you don't wanna do you don't want to give Mace some love? I give him love on he was a, a big piece, an impact player. Oh, he absolutely. He's a star, he was a star on the team. Facts. What nothing unsung about him? Without him, we probably you know who knows how that Clemson game could have really you know. Turned turned out. Out.
1: Speaking of showing love. LL Nation, continue to show us love. We appreciate you, man. We broke all types of download records for CFB Nation last week as a unit. I mean, last month as a unit. Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Leave us five stars. Leave your comments. We greatly appreciate you. Set up the automatic download, man. You need that coming into your life, coming into your smartphone, tablet, iPhone, whatever, you, whatever you're whatever listening to us on.
2: Man. Smartwatch.
1: All of that. Like you, we need that. Download that daily. It's the Lucky Lefty podcast. You already know. We spin it different. Now the biggest question left. Marcus Freeman. He might fit the criteria of an unsung hero, bro. 9
2: and eight and four.
1: After the eight and two, first of all, don't disrespect him. He's nine and four, bro.
2: Nine, oh.
1: <laughs> don't disrespect him. Don't disrespect him like that. Nine and four. Don't disrespect him like that.
2: That was crazy disrespect. In in some
1: ways, in some ways, right? Because we have to keep it funky. That's what we do. There's two sides to everything. I think we decided, like, yo, the cupboard was not as full as some people thought from a depth standpoint. uh, We later learned that Marcus Freeman wasn't exactly pleased with the middle of the roster and how it was built up. He had, to deal, he had to deal with, let's keep it real. There were some, some guys that had been around under the previous regime that kind of pushed back at the beginning of the season. Didn't want to fully buy in. Tough loss against Ohio State, but they played well. He we came away from that game like, okay. Coming to the home game with Marshall, Tyler Buckner plays one of his worst games of the season gets injured, going to the Cal game, Drew Pine just first half, can't get right. And then he went back to the identity of the football team that he said nearly a year ago. I kind of told him this today in the team meeting is that I have a vision and
2: identity I want for our team, and that's to be a team that can run the ball and stop the run. Right. I want to. I believe in our O line and our D line being the foundation of our team, and so um, I'm excited to see if that can become our identity. That's my vision. Um, I also want to see a team that's aggressive. You know, that's one of our mantras: challenge everything. What does that mean? It means be aggressive. Do not play timid. Do not play scared. Think outside the box offensively and defensively, schematically. be be, be okay with taking chances.
1: I know one thing, Marcus Freeman, that's the coldest Notre Dame hoodie I've ever seen in my life, bro.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Marcus Freeman in that clothing line, man. I know I'm just missing out on a big, big, big margin they can make on that Marcus Freeman line. Bro, That hoodie
1: was. <laughs> that hoodie was so cold.
2: You know, I like that one, and then I like that green bean suit he had on when he uh, talked with Ryan Day and intimidated him at that was it College Game Day? <laughs> yeah,
1: like out in Vegas after they had done the commercial. Yeah, yeah. you, you were a fool.
2: <laughs> My God, intimidate! We dress way better than Ohio State's guy, for sure. That's why we're gonna win next year.
1: Oh man, but yo, I think there were certain things that he dealt with. And it's Notre Dame, bro. Like it's, a, it's just a different place, man. It's a different place. It's Notre Dame. And he could have folded. The team could have folded. That's why I asked if Drew Pine could be considered an unsung hero. You know? Because, look, could we throw Tommy Reese in there? Like, yo, you uh, – t- You had to trim the offense down and find a way to put up points. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the offense you built out. (laughs) It's like your starter gets injured. Now you have to trim that bad fella down and still get production to win games. Dude, it's a lot of people, a lot of people that under the radar were huge successes or were impactful on Notre Dame being able to write the ship end up 94 and be a huge success I'm interested in seeing where they land in the final rankings because I think they'll probably be top 15 in my opinion
2: yeah I think uh, I think we should be top 10 going into next year just from an expectation standpoint we'll be better than Michigan I think uh, especially if we get Sam Hartman but We shouldn't be anywhere close to the 20s, and I think it gives us, if anything, a motivation to move up quick with the schedule and having Ohio State as a fourth game. That should be right around the time we should be starting our our top 10 run. Um, I'll have high expectations for next year more than I did for this year just passing just because I think, you know, that quarterback position will be better, Mm -hmm. and – What we have coming down the tank, I'm excited to see Kenny Minchie play by the time bowl game rolls around.
1: Kenny Minchie won't be playing in the – not the Under Armour. That was last night. But Kenny Minchie will not be playing uh, this weekend in the uh, Army game. Uh, He's getting ready to uh, report early to Notre Dame. My guy Brian Roberts is down there, and he wasn't able to speak to him. But Ryan Roberts said one thing to me that made me feel really happy. He was like, this dude, Brendan Vernon, is huge. <laughs> he was like, dude, we got a legit rock solid 270 dude coming off the edge. <laughs>
2: like, like, right it was a, here,
1: man. like he's a he's a big dude. We had a conversation, because I think we're gonna do a recruiting show tonight. You know, he's had the practices. The 24 kids come down tomorrow for the combine. So, he's watched the practices and uh, then the Under Armour game. So, we might do a recruiting show tonight. Um, so, you guys can check into that. We'll let you know. But, uh, that dude, man, he's going to end up – he's probably going to end up 270 at Notre Dame. Like so a, a that, Tyson that's Ford like a solid, Man, he was like, dude, we're going to have a 270 true big dude that can come off the edge. And that's, I'm talking about fire off the edge, which is one of the needs moving forward that could be a championship piece, right? Unsung heroes, we want to thank everyone uh, inside of that building, inside the program. Um, Chad Bowden was a big-time unsung hero when it came to the 23 recruiting class. Big time on Sun Hero. Uh, all the support staff, everyone that made us feel great when we came down to a practice, to the blue and gold game, that showed us love, that recognized us. Um, man, we appreciate you. And then, you know, we couldn't, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the parents of the young men that play at Notre Dame because for their entire Educational and athletic careers, they've really been the backbone of what you see each and every week on the field and what they do in the classroom. So shout out to the parents of everybody connected to the Notre Dame program, man. Uh, Yep, those are the real unsung heroes of 2022. If you have an unsung hero, feel free to put it in the chat or in the comments after the show. We greatly appreciate you. Just looking forward to seeing what things are going to happen this spring, man. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This transfer portal is getting crazier by the day. Michigan had two or three defensive linemen jump in the portal yesterday. You wake up today, Oklahoma State has three wide receivers in the portal. Anthony Lucas is in the portal. C.J. Williams from USC, who was a former commit to Notre Dame, is in the portal. By the way, he, he doesn't want to be a Notre He doesn't want to be a Notre Dame, so I don't think they would want him either. You already—I mean, Jay Mickey said what he had to say about him when he decommitted. So it is what it is. Um, We
2: ain't no Travis Hunters over here.
1: No, Jeremiah Love and Braylon uh, James—they both Mm -hmm. looked really good in Under Armour last night. Jay Nilesberry was making plays according to John Garcia Jr. All week in practices, Um, he could be an unsung hero in this program moving forward he's definitely uh, a guy that you can see being a captain and um as we get ready to move on to our next topic and welcome our guests into the show in a few moments (laughs) the other thing that ryan roberts said to me was dude this cat drake bowen is huge i'm like i I tried to tell cats like i had this debate with a couple of people like it's not going to take Drake long to get on the field, bro. No. He's going to be on the field definitely in special teams real soon. That dude's, dude, size-wise, he's ready to roll. Yeah. Size and speed, he's ready to roll. You know, and they want him to start off at the weak side and just pretty much flow and not have to think as much, just see and go. Yeah. That's what I love about this twenty-three class. It's a lot of plug and go. A lot of plug and go, especially with the early enrollees.
2: So. Yeah, de- definitely with the early enrollees. And we're going to see how it, how it works through the through the depth chart. Who's competing, who's rising, who's falling, getting closer to fall camp, getting ready for the season. Uh, Marcus Freeman's got a task on his hands because now he has – A lot of good players, the middle of the roster is a lot better. How do you filter the depth? How do you play the right combinations, rotations, Uh, 1A, 1B, Uh, who's good in what situation? It's a lot of uh, meetings that's going to have to take place with the coaching staff on how they're going to get the right chemistry of the team right outside of just having a bunch of good players. We we don't want to be a Kentucky basketball team where we're super talented but don't win nothing.
1: Why are you throwing shade at Calipari in the squad, man? I actually watched him play LSU last night because of my boy Adam Miller, who's on LSU from Chicago area.
2: They got look, is, Kentucky's supposed to have the number one all-time recruiting class coming in next year. So not, if they don't look. win nothing, not even the SEC title,
1: because Alabama's good. Bro, look, Cal has wasted – more talent more championship talent than anyone else <laughs> now he gets you to the league but as far as like championships he's wasted championship talent more than any other coach probably in, in college basketball it's not even close so left i want to bring this up to you we had a poll that we put up a day and a half ago and uh i asked the poll was Better combination, better combination in the NFL draft and moving forward in the NFL. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud versus Caleb Williams and Drake May. I thought it would be closer than it was. The voting came out 65% to 35% with Drake May and Caleb Williams winning the tallies easily. This shocked me. Does that shock you? Like, I- I could take both, but I'm just saying I didn't know that disparity would be that large in the vote.
2: Well, both of them, I think uh, Drake May is just a knockout. Like just put him in the league right now, Trevor Lawrence type of guy, franchise guy. He built around him. And Caleb Williams got an in factor. It's exciting to watch. Mm. I think he's got more excitement to watch than the other um than the other two. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud are just very good quarterbacks. I think they would, you know, get lost in the shuffle of in-the-league matchups where they probably wouldn't be the favorite at most times. But you put a Caleb Williams or a Drake May in date one, you can, you can go some places in the next two or three years.
1: So would you take –
2: The 24 class over 20,
1: that 24 combo over the 23 class, you know, because I'm biased, bro. You know me. Uh, We we got, I got Caleb Smith in a few seconds, but you know, I'm a Bryce Young dude.
2: I'm a Bryce Young dude too. I just think that it's just the appeal is more with Drake May and Caleb. And I think they're just better prospects. uh, If you're just looking at it from a vacuum, taking a big picture perspective, Drake Mays probably got a better body type than all three of them. And he's pretty solid, sort of like he can throw just as well as CJ. Mm -hmm. He can make plays just as well as Bryce. Maybe Bryce is probably a little bit more creative and can do a little bit more with the wiggle, but Drake Mays not far from either one of those. But he's not as exciting as Caleb, who I think is the most exciting out of the three. Caleb's got a little bit more if-factor. So the 24, I think, just has more special uniqueness than the 23 class. I think it's just really good. You know, I think you can put them in a system. They can be productive. I don't think they'll be superstar level. I think the 24 has superstar potential. I think that's just the difference.
1: So that is our first half of the show. where We talked about Marcus Freeman a year later and the unsung heroes of the Notre Dame 2022 football season. Go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown for all of our great content. Leave five stars. Leave your comments. We respond to all comments. It's because of ULL Nation, that we continue to climb and continue to be successful. And You guys inspire us to wake up every morning, talk college football, centered around Notre Dame football. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We spin it different.